0: casting from atlanta georgia you are now live from the midnight circus this is lahamadu and i got a great show for you today today our featured artist is genie they got a brand new release out we'll be listening to tracks from that and of course we'll be talking with steven at the top of the hour you're not gonna want to miss that interview Now, this is the voice of Indie Blues. This is the show that brings you nothing but currently touring artists who are out there creating new, original music rooted in the blues. We embrace the diversity of music that always has and still is being created from those roots. Now, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. We got some great articles, CD reviews, artist interviews, and so much more. And you can vote in the Independent Blues Awards. The voting has opened now. In the meantime, I've got some great new music I know you're going to love. And some great new artists I just can't wait to introduce you to. And of course, I aim to misbehave.
1: And it's sin. And All the time you know, yeah.
2: She belongs to your very best friend.
3: so funky they can smell it, now get on down take a minute and I want to thank Mr. Eric Clapton for putting this thing together. I think one of the regardless of what you read or what you hear, I think this guy is one of the greatest that ever lived. Mr. Eric Clapton, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Yes. I feel kind of sorry for him too because I understand he'd been going day and night for like 18 days in a row, you know. <laughs> yes. And I want to thank him personally for that myself because that's kind of hard on you when you're trying to deal with this blues and all the rest of the music he played. Let's give him another big hand.
4: Here's the blues scale.
5: Now you sing it with me.
1: Breathe. Now let's try it like
5: this.
4: and bobble along the highway Pages flapping in the wind Leaving Italy, the traffic was two-way I didn't see no end Now I'm touring up to Toronto Through that clear Colorado rain. of an angel of mercy massage in my brain
0: a bath and see where the night takes you. That sounds real nice.
2: And it's sad
1: sometimes My mind is on repeat Of the sorrow I feel on the inside Just give me the strength I need your help Help me wash these blues need to feel the joy that I once had on the inside. My heart is hurting. It's hard to hide. Will you just help me? Give me your strength and help me wash these blues.
0: And interviews with industry professionals that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the indie revolution. I got the girl,
1: got the time to do, girl, girl. Gonna rock the shade. Gonna scream my name. Make it shout now, honey. Gonna make
0: Got Sean Michael Howe on the line right now. Hey, Sean, how are you?
6: I'm great, man. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing pretty well. Now, this is the first time you've been on our show, and we always like to give our fans the opportunity to get to know who you are, get to know you as not only as an artist but as a person. And the best way to do that is to look through your journey that that brought you to this point in your career. So give us the story of Sean Michael Howe and, of course, the Genies. Uh,
6: sure, okay. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll do my best with a, a decent summary. I mean, I, I've grown up, I, I started playing music since I was, uh, uh, yeah, I started around eight or nine. I picked up the guitar, my dad showed me a couple things, and uh, sooner or later I joined a couple bands and... uh When I was a teenager, I played a lot of crappy bars throughout, like, uh, the South Bay area, Hermosa, and Redondo Beach, Manhattan Beach. Um, And that's where I really got a lot of uh, playing and live playing experience and stuff like that. Um, And um, I eventually came to know um, a guy named Ethan Maxwell, who ended up uh, playing on the record as as the drummer. And... um, Yeah, I've I've known Adrienne Ison for many years, and she helped put this thing together with um, KP Hawthorne, the the Mule Kick uh, record label. And they contacted me and they said, um, you know, um, if you got any originals, if you have demos, send them them over. And I sent, I think, about 10 or 12 uh, demos. And they were like, great, just pick your best five. I did that, and I worked them out with my uh, drummer, Ethan Maxwell. And um, we were fortunate enough to have a great uh, session bass player named Elliot Larengo and uh, worked with a great producer, or two great producers, Katie Hawthorne and Steve Burns, who also engineered the record. And, um, yeah, it all came together real nicely. We recorded it in about three days. So it was like really, it was pretty quick. And, um, yeah, it was rad. It was an awesome time. And, um, yeah, we're really proud of what we did.
0: All right. Now, um, let's talk about the new release when you, I mean, if you were to explain this to someone and get them excited about going out and listening to it, what would you tell them?
1: Um,
6: well, I'd say, you know, uh, if you like loud music, (laughs) I, I think, um, yeah, if you like, you know, hard, loud rock music, like dirty, you know. Uh, guitars crank, guitar amps just cranked up to 11, you know. <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff, I'd say, uh, you know, yeah, this would be, I think, the record for you. I mean, you know, uh, when I was working with Steve Burns, he really, uh, he, we had, I think we had a similar, similar taste in that kind of, uh, aspect. So, uh, it all came together real nicely. So, I mean, yeah, if you're looking for that, that hard stuff, but also like, you know, uh, um, stuff that has, you know, uh, potential to be, um, to go in different directions uh, sonically or genre-wise or, you know, I mean, we, we definitely plan on expanding our sound and, you know, I mean, this is just just the very beginning, just the tip of the iceberg. So a lot of uh, new stuff and uh, potential for new sounds and, uh, you know, different songs, uh, different sounding songs, I should say. Um, you know, we're, we're also not about like the, the cliche, you know, like, uh, um, you know, like that's not everything we want to be. It was just, you know, like, this is kind of just a moment in time right now that we're digging and, um, we're willing to expand our sound and, uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Now, um, let's talk uh, a little bit about you as a songwriter. Um, because every good release starts with good songs. When you sit down to begin that process, what is your mechanism that allows you to tap into the Muse?
6: Yeah. um, Wow, mechanism. (laughs) I think, um, uh, well, if if you're meaning, well, specifically, I'll just go into my process, really. It's just, um, it's basically... You know, uh, I'll I'll come up with a, I could come up with a decent chord progression or a riff or something that really um, kind of, uh, you know, inspires me or maybe that's the wrong word. Not necessarily inspires me, but, you know, I can work with something pretty decent um, if I come up with something decent (laughs) and, uh, you know, just me sitting in my bedroom, you know, with an acoustic and nothing else really. And I'm just working out. Um, you know, maybe I'll get a piece of, uh, note paper and a pencil and I'll just, uh, you know, as soon as I come up with that decent riff or chord progression or something that I think sounds good, um, the melody and the lyrics kind of flow in pretty quickly. It all comes in to place pretty, pretty quickly. Um, I'd say in about, I think average, I can get like the basic structure and idea for a song and one or two sittings and then um, you know after a couple of days I can uh, uh, you know I, I pretty much have the the finished um, the finished song and then I just bring it to the rest of the band figure it out from there
0: okay now uh, a lot of songwriters have embraced some of the tools that technology has brought us whether it's the cell phone home recording studio uh, what are some of the tools you have found to be indispensable to you as a writer
6: uh, you know, it's funny you ask, cause, um, I'm, I'm not super into the, the technological stuff or the, the, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't really have like a home studio or anything, even though I'm, I'm actually kind of trying to work on it. Um, <laughs> but, um, I'd say, you know, when it comes to songwriting for me personally, uh, all I really need is a guitar, typically an acoustic guitar, uh, some paper and, um, my phone, which I use voice memos, I have thousands and thousands of, uh, of different voice memos. So I'll just, uh, that that's like a lifesaver right there, you know, just, just being able to uh, have unlimited, um, you know, do unlimited amount of takes and stuff and uh, really get the ideas flying and making sure that, you know, uh, I have it on my phone. So, you know, just in case I forget later on in the day or the week or whatever. It's all safely, you know, nice and safe in my phone. I can come back and listen to it and, you know, kick in some more inspiration. And, yeah, I mean, I wish I could uh, tell you, like, <laughs> I wish I could say, you know, uh, oh, yeah, you know, I love um, these softwares and then, you know, whatever. And, like, um, I think because I, I, I think it's great to get into that stuff if you're trying to, you know, come up with a more specific idea for a sound if you're working with a professional producer and you want to, uh, bring that to, you know, bring that to them and give them a, a a better or a bigger picture or a better idea of, uh, you know, what you're hearing in your head. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the moment (laughs) I'm not doing any of that. I'm, I'm just, you know, simply doing acoustic demos on a voice memo.
0: Okay. So, Yeah. You know, it kind of brings me to my my second question here, and, and is that one of the big buzzwords in the industry right now is artificial intelligence, and there is a whole bunch of uh, tools out there that can help you write lyric, can help you write chord progressions, melodies, even orchestrations, like you know, bass lines and 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 guitar parts and arpeggiators and so forth and so on. And a lot of these tools have been around a little while and they're getting better and better. Um, but songwriters have started to embrace them. Uh, I just uh, heard a uh, 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 an interview with Ed Sheeran where he said he utilized some of this AI uh, lyric software to kind of be an idea generator. Um, Paul McCartney is, is releasing a new Beatles song uh, where they're using AI to bring back you know, Lennon and Harrison, um, to create a Beatles sound. Um, What do you think of artificial intelligence and how it may affect the music industry, but even more affect how songs are written and and songwriters in general?
6: Well, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of uh, different theories, or I think a lot of different ways this can go now with... um um, this new technology um or newer technology, I think I should say Because um, I think forms of uh this kind of stuff have been around for you know a, a while now in terms of like you know studio stuff, you know like not not necessarily AI but you know in terms of uh autotune and um you know a lot of digital um about digital stuff i mean, but as far as like using. AI for song ideas and stuff. Uh, For me personally, I haven't really looked into it myself. Um, I I think I've thought about it. I've I've got a couple friends who've uh, looked into it. And, um, you know, it's not something I'm really uh, necessarily interested in. Um, personally, you know, I, I still come up with, um, plenty of ideas myself. I, I think, I, <laughs> I think I, uh, you know, it's going to be a minute before I, you know, maybe become, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say desperate, but, uh, I think, I think if I turn to AI for some ideas, I think that would kind of, to me, that would kind of make me feel desperate. Um, but you know, as far as, um, you know, affecting songwriting in the, uh, in the music industry, I think um well i mean we're i think we're only seeing the 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 we're just at the very beginning of how this is going to impact everything um i i think that this is really you know i, I could see it going a couple of different ways where you know uh record labels i think are already you know like pretty i i should not generalize record record labels in general but um I mean, um, you know, the the larger, the more famous uh, record labels, I think, are already kind of strict about discovering new artists and musicians or unknown, starving artists and musicians. And uh, I think this would only add to uh, that discrimination um, or that uh, disinterest in searching for new uh, artists, because, I mean you know, uh, like I said, I think it's only, it's only going to get better and better. So I think once they have AI and they have, uh, yeah, you know, like machines who can pump out all these, uh, potential pop hits and stuff and use certain formulas, like, you know, same stuff we've been using for the past, however many decades, you know, I'm sure, uh, you know, there could be, uh, you know, there could be an issue there, but I think at the end of the day, Still, what 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 listeners want is uh, connection, uh, you know, emotional connection, and to be able to uh, see the artist live, or you know, the bands, the artists, whoever, and connect with them on a, on a physical and uh, yeah, <laughs> I already said emotional, but um, you know, I, I think uh, yeah, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't think AI can ever have that. Um you know, that, that emotional deep, uh, connection or, you know, depth to, uh, whatever it may, it may pump out in songs and stuff. But you know, I'm, I'm also like, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of predicting this as I'm going along, but, um, yeah, I mean, when people are, I, I think people, I, I could be, you know, completely wrong, obviously I, you know, I have no idea what's to come, but, um, you know, I think people may be carried away or a little too anxious about um you know how ai can uh or how ai might tank the industry or really screw over artists and everything like that and i think um as long as there are still people who are you know putting uh emotions and you know getting getting whatever they're feeling out and and making some great music and You know, doing what they love and and other people are able to hear it, I think that will overall have um, a more significant impact, uh, you know, compared to whatever stuff AI is coming up with. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah, I I understand. Now, um, of course, every songwriter has to declare the song finished at some point, uh, at least enough to move it from writing into production. Uh, and, of course, it always evolves. It evolves in the studio. It evolves even after the studio and on the road. But what do you do to determine when a song is finished and ready to go into the studio for production?
6: <laughs> wow, that's, uh, uh, that's a great question. I, I was thinking about that the other day, actually. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've been finishing up a song or, you know, thinking about finishing up a song. <laughs> um I'd say for me personally, um, I don't think any song I write is officially, you know, especially before I bring it to the band. I don't think it's ever officially, uh, you know, finished on, up until we uh, start recording, up until we go to the studio and uh, lay down all the tracks and everything. I think as soon as we do that, that is when the song is officially done and finished because I'm always, you know, I, 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 uh, when I finish a song, typically, um, like myself, you know, when I, when I've uh, written it and recorded it or, you know, recorded a little demo or whatever to me, finishing, it just means, you know, having the basic structure and everything and having, um, lyrics for all of the, the parts, the verses, the choruses, bridges, whatever. um, but yeah, I've learned, especially recording this EP, that things always, um, you know, change. You have the potential to, to change and evolve, um, and, and quickly too. You know, uh, like as soon as you bring them to the band, you know, people put their own their their own feel and um, taste and stuff into it, and uh, yeah, I like yeah, I, I'd say um, as soon as you you lay down the tracks in the studio and get the uh, you know official recording, I'd say that's when the song is done, finished.
0: Okay. Now, uh, of course, writing the song is just half the battle of getting it into the studio and creating its identity, its sound, not only for the song, but you as an artist. Uh, When you get in that environment, what is your process that helps you capture the sound you're looking for?
6: Um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with working a great, working with, um, great people, uh, great producers and great engineers, uh, KP Hawthorne, Steve Burns, they really knew what they were doing when I, uh, uh, when, when I came into the studio and worked with them, I mean, I, that was, that was a really big concern of mine, um, you know, how I wanted it to sound and everything, but I remember just talking to, uh, Steve about, um, you know, I'm I, I like I'm not crazy about the digital uh sound and touch, you know, the harshness and the the lack of uh warmth or you know, whatever. I'm sounding like an in an, an old man or <laughs> whatever, but I mean you know a lot of that has to do with um, you know, the, the the music that I grew up listening to and the music I still grew up listening to, which is, you know, from uh the twentieth century, you know, like sixties through the 90s you know when back when everything was recorded on tape and there was no you know we don't we don't yeah obviously the technology has become so you know much more advanced and everything um but i remember you know talking to steve burns you know as far as like sound and um if it sounds great with the group um you know i i i think uh yeah, if I'm satisfied with how it sounds with the group, I, I'm I'm pretty confident in how it would sound in the studio, um, except for that 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 factor that the the working or recording digitally um, and trying to get a more warm kind of analog sound. So I remember giving that uh, that input to Steve, and um, and I think he took it really well, and he knew what to do. Obviously, we didn't record um, on tape. Um, which is kind of a thing I've, I've always wanted to do. Um, even though, <laughs> I mean, what do I know? I mean, this is the first time I was uh, I've recorded professionally in the studio. So, um, but I'd say he really knocked it out of the park. Uh, Steve Burns really, you know, I think he really got closest to the sound that I had heard in my head and um, really captured that the warmth and the power too. With with uh, you know. Um you know, not not as much of a a harsh sound and a and, and uh and like I, I like rawness and um you know, I, I like when things don't sound perfect and lined up on a grid, you know, which is mainly my main issue with digital recordings and uh producers nowadays are popular producers. Um, you know, I I like uh to hear you know, the, there, there's beauty in imperfection, and uh, I think, you know, Steve took that into consideration as well, um, and, yeah, I, I just, uh, as far as, you know, being anxious about how, you know, to get the, the the sound I want in the studio, I mean, yeah, I think the majority of it is going to come from the band and the feel from the band and everything, and you got to be tight. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Shoot, you know, just just work with a a person who uh, is open to um, you know your ideas, and um, you know, if we're talking producers, work with someone you know, who's open to your ideas and uh, what you want and your taste, and yeah, I think you know things should go decently well.
0: Okay, <laughs> now tell me about the lineup on this. Who's playing on? It?
6: So, like I said, yeah. So we had um, my friend uh, Ethan Mac. Well, who I've been playing music with for years. Um, we had him uh, play on drums, and he also sang backup on one of the songs called "Can't See the Sun." Um, and we also had Ellie Lorengo which is who is uh, uh, a session player, session bass player, uh, who is great. Uh, KP Hawthorne um, brought him in, and uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and then you know just me on guitar and vocals. Yeah.
0: Okay, now, um, now, of course, you got to get it out there, and you're working with Patty DeVries of Devious Planet to do your PR and radio. Uh, tell me a little bit about that relationship.
6: Well, um, I've only met Patty uh, uh, pretty recently, and she seems great, and she's helping out a lot with um, all this PR stuff, and uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, she's someone that uh, was introduced to me by uh Kathy Hawthorne and Adrian Isom who've uh you know helped me uh along this journey, you know, really set me up with uh you know, everything. You know, they're they're, you know, my my team at the moment. Um yeah, I mean, you know, uh I we we just I think we um received a uh, hundred CDs, copies, uh, copies of, uh, you know, like CD copies of, um, this EP, you know, mailing them out to people. I mean, that this is all, yeah. I mean, my connection with you right now doing this interview, you know, uh, is all through Patty and yeah, I really appreciate her, um, helping me out with all this stuff. Yeah, it's great.
0: Okay. Now, uh, let's talk about the industry. Um, you know, uh, Streaming is now the way that the consumer consumes music. Um, and it is a reality that we have to deal with. Uh, I don't care what anyone tells you. Vinyl's not going to save us. Vinyl will never reach the the peak of what it was or what CDs were in their heyday. Uh, the only reason that vinyl is outselling CDs now is that nobody's buying CDs. Um They're not buying them uh, because you can't get a CD player in your car. You can't get one in your laptop and you can't go to the Best Buy and buy a CD player anymore. If you want one, you're going to have to go to a thrift store or Goodwill or one of those places that, you know, and and hope that someone decides to get rid of theirs. Um, How has this shift in perception by the consumer because they no longer look at recorded music now as a product. They don't want to own anything anymore. How has that shift affected you as an artist?
6: Um, well, uh, to be honest with you, I have to disagree with you on on people not buying CDs because I buy CDs. <laughs> uh, i have I have an older car um, with a great uh, with a CD player and a great sound system, so I, I'm probably one of the only people left on this planet who still buy CDs. Um, but, um, as far as it's affected me, um, as an artist, I, you know, I, I'm not, um, like I said, I'm not into the, the digital age really. Uh, I mean, you know, I think it can, it, it can definitely get better and everything and it's revolutionary and it is the future and I'm not, you know, believe me, I'm not trying to, uh, uh, say we should go back to vinyl or any, and, and, you know, That stuff. The reason why vinyl is, and you're right. You know, it will never. Yeah, it'll never reach uh, the the heights and sales or whatever popularity as it did back in the day. Because yeah, nobody wants. Why? Why would someone go out and pay for something when they could sit at home listen to it for free on their phone? So, you know, uh, the thing about that though, that you miss out uh, that I don't think enough people know is, is just the quality of sound. It's just so much better on, uh, vinyl, you know, or CDs, you know, just like, you know, it's, it's not, (laughs) it's not even kind of the same thing as streaming or on, on Spotify or one of these, uh, dumb platforms, because it's not, you know, the sound isn't, compressed and, you know, to, to fit more space. And, uh, it's not, it's not screwed around with, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, all the stuff that, you know, when people talk about vinyl, I think most of the time we're talking about stuff from the past century, you know, stuff that was, uh, made to be played on vinyl, you know? So it's, it's, uh, obviously going to sound just, you know, way um, like, you can't, you couldn't even compare it to, um, you know, uh, streaming it on Spotify or, you know, it, it's just, it's the quality of sound is so much, it's it's vastly different and, and just so much better. Um, so I think, you know, as far as, you know, musicians and artists trying to make a living, it's definitely uh, difficult because nobody buys, um, I mean, even before streaming and we had iTunes and stuff, I mean, people, I think, still downloaded. I mean, you know, people have been trying to get music for free for, you know, centuries, Like, <laughs> you know, not centuries. But, but uh, you know, if, if somebody has the option of either listening to something for free or buying it, you know, I mean, they're going to, yeah, the average person is going to, you know uh, listen to it for free if they can. I mean, and I don't blame them. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, you know, they're bad people or anything like that, but yeah, there is a, uh, an issue with the quality of sound and, you know, also, um, what the artist makes because of that. Um, you know, I, I mean, because people don't buy albums anymore or records, um, there was, you know, back in the day, there was there was kind of the, the balance of people. You know, we we go on tour, and then we'll sell our album and promote it um, at the same time. But now, when people can stream everything for free, you don't really have that balance anymore. So people kind of have to tour twice as much, you know, and and sell five times as much merch or whatever. You know, it's just it's it's crazy. Um, so I think that is pretty disappointing, and I, I don't have. Um, you know, I, I can't think of any solutions off the top of my head um, as, as to how to fix that issue. But I, streaming is definitely, definitely the future. And I think we should embrace it, but we shouldn't, you know, it, it's such a difficult um, issue because we have all these people uh, in charge, you know, the, the people in power uh, of these, these uh uh, companies and whatever, and, you know, they just don't, they don't care. They couldn't care less about um, how artists are getting by or, you know, it's its all profit. It's all, you know, making uh, the money and everything, you know, like it always has been with, with big, um, you know, heads of, of, you know, companies, labels, whatever, you know. Um, yeah. I, I just think, yeah if we could if we could figure that issue out somehow uh with you know not only the quality of sound but also making sure that there is a fair more of a balance to help keep artists uh afloat you know and able to make music that they want to um because also i mean i think one of the upsides that people like to say about streaming and uh putting music up online is that oh yeah well you can anybody can access it now but that's not even necessarily the case anymore uh with algorithms and all this other you know crap it's just you know um but i think the important thing is to you know if if you're a true artist and you're you know and and, and you love what you're doing and the music that you're making and you have a deep connection to it um and you do release it and and, and and people can hear it. I think people will still find that and connect to it. And I think that is ultimately the most important thing.
0: Okay. Now, you know, one of the things, um, of course, with streaming is that it's not a sustainable business model as far as the revenue is concerned. So we need to change that dynamic. And if you look at the digital revolution and how it has evolved over the last 25, 30 years... Um, You know, we started with LimeWire and Napster, and everyone said, No, you will never get rid of these. They'll be there forever. Then along comes iTunes, and of course, everyone says, Oh, Apple is going to own the music industry forever. Well, who the hell is going to use an iPod today? You know, they're sitting in a drawer somewhere. And along comes Spotify, and everybody's streaming. Uh, So, you know, the the prevailing wisdom is that something will come along and replace spotify sometime in the very near future Uh, one of the things that I'm watching as a potential change is these new streaming services that are um, that have been developed on the blockchain which is the uh, crypto uh, currency technology software you know, sites like Audius, Emanate, uh, Audio Locks—these new services uh, are promising to change the music industry. Number one, because they're decentralized. What that means is that no person or company can own these streaming services. They cannot profit from them because it's—it's it's just not how they're set up. Um, they can. They are owned by the fans and by the artists themselves. And they claim that they can pay up to 80% of the incoming revenue back to the artists that are creating the content. What do you think of that as potential for the future?
6: Um, well, I mean, that sounds pretty um, unbelievable, to be honest with you. I mean, 80% back to the artists. I mean, um, I don't think that's ever um been uh you know part of um any any record deals or anything. I mean, you know, that was that's kind of the uh the 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 bad side to working with labels or you know uh, all these big record companies and everything, you know, that cliche of oh yeah the, the record labels, you know, they take <laughs> so much for, you know, the majority of what the artist makes and, you know, kind of leaves um can can really screw screw over a lot of people and leave them in the dust. Uh but I mean yeah, you know, I haven't heard a lot of great stuff about crypto. <laughs> I mean you know uh, I mean if yeah, if we could get a, a more stable um more stable streaming services and apps to help um you know guarantee, uh, decent wages or not wages, sorry, decent, you know, um, you know, profits for, for artists and allow them to, to express themselves and be able to, you know, um, you know, promote themselves and, and, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, shoot. Yeah. I, (laughs) that's the first I've heard of it. So, um, I'm actually kind of, uh, I'm kind of shocked, Uh, at the moment kind of processing um yeah if it's you know able environment and um yeah i mean that sounds great
0: well you know this um these technologies are already out there um you can go up and, and put your music up on audius right now it's free uh you can download a player um, It's uh, backed by artists like Katy Perry and Jason Dorillo and, and uh, Pusha T, Nas, all these artists. So they're already out there. Um, now, one of the big things has been content creation and social media marketing where the brand has become the new product. Um, and a lot of artists have been putting up kind of this reality show type of raw content and the fans have really gravitated to it because they really want to know their artists on a more personal level. They want to feel connected. What are some of the things that you are doing with social media and with content that's helping you advance your brand and putting out the word on this new release?
6: Um, uh, well to be honest with you, not uh a whole lot. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that. I think, you know, a lot of um you know, Adrian Isom and KP Hawthorne, they've helped me a lot with that stuff. I've never been super into the social media um promotional thing, you know, putting myself out there and doing all these dumb you know, posts and whatever and um but yeah, nowadays it seems like it, it's necessary. Uh you know, to do that kind of thing, um, un, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I kind of wish that, you know, people could just look, if they were interested enough, just look into the artists and, and get into the music and, you know, just, just you know, I, I think a lot of um, the reason I, I love the artists that I do is that there's kind of a mystery to them. I don't know, you know, I may know uh, a decent amount about them and, you know, from watching interviews and, and stuff like that. But, um, uh, obviously I'm talking about people from, you know, a couple decades ago before way before social media and everything like that. So, uh, I find it annoying. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I think everybody actually finds it annoying, but it's just kind of a necessary thing to really be able to put yourself out there and, And, um, you know, this whole beating the algorithm thing, which is just, you know, it's just so ridiculous. There's so much that um, artists, you know, especially independent artists have to have to deal with to put themselves out there and get exposure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, eventually, you know, hopefully I'm I'm sure, um, you know, something else will come along and and people won't need or won't have to do that anymore. But I don't know, it could, it could get even worse. Who knows? I mean, I don't want to predict anything. Um, but as far as, you know, what I think about it, I think, yeah, it's, it's one of the the dumbest things, one of the most fake things, you know, ever. And I'm not judging any artists or anybody who do it. But um, I think it's just, yeah, it, it, I think there's there are ways you can properly execute it, uh, where maybe you can get enough content for a couple days in like a couple hours, you know, and just not have to worry about something every single day. But um, yeah, I, you know, yeah, I'm I'm not crazy about that at all. I think um, if you're interested in the artist enough and you don't want to, uh, and and you just want to get into the music and 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 see them, go 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 to live, you know, live concerts and gigs and see them you know, uh, when they're in your hometown or if you, if you want to go out of town, you know, it's just like the fact that so many artists have to do this dumb thing, you know, where they make, you know, I, and I'm not saying, I don't want to sound like, you know, I'm, I'm completely, you know, trashing on all this stuff. I don't think it's all bad. I just think the, the pressure mainly to have to come up with something daily or weekly, it's just, you know, I think it's unnecessary and I think artists should, you know, focus on, and I mean, by all means, if they love, if people love doing it, then by all means, you know, do it. But from what I know from most of the artists and songwriters that I know who are trying to promote themselves, I mean, it's just a hassle. And what they should be focusing on really is, you know, writing and, and, and making music. So, yeah, I think it's, yeah, ridiculous, but, you know, okay. just what it is.
0: Well, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking with us. It's been a real pleasure. And uh, we're going to give everyone out there a double shot from your new release. You guys are going to love this. Let me just to turn it up.
1: sweat it out, did you ever feel alone after all our time was gone, did you ever think about, while I looked away in shame, how much more we could have said? it's really too bad, you At the wall You can find me At some more Stretch it out Throw another shade Color something to me You can't twist and tear it out Should have left without goodbye It's really too bad
0: that give you real-world information to help you negotiate the new realities in the music industry and give you the tools you need to move your career to the next level. We bring you new content every day. Makingascene.org is the number one resource for the independent artists and the fans that love them. Head on over and become part of the Indie Revolution.
1: shout now on it no
7: I'm mm-hmm. Why? <laughs>
8: I guess there just aren't enough rock.
9: Purpose. But, uh, until that day, I accept this justice as a gift on my daughter's wedding day.
4: when smart people were considered cool. Well, maybe not cool, but smart people did things like build ships and pyramids, and they even went to the moon.
10: so
0: is about to wipe out every living thing on Earth. Now, what do you
4: suggest we do?
11: it goes just like this
1: death wish, death wish.
11: It's like a death
8: wish. You no longer have to hear the blues in a smoke filled nightclub on the edge of town. It's a pleasant environment, but, uh, but in the 21st century, uh, you know, you don't even have to leave the couch. Just turn on the TV, in commercials, or as theme songs. You will see and hear the blues are everywhere.
11: I'm Elwood.
2: To this I took a look around Said it was good for me Where I wanna be There's so many people, so many lights Keeping it up to see the daylight Yeah I Tell you that's another night The satire and the wind You knew there's no other way to go now Most people think to be movie stars Me, I love fast cars I love the beauty kids Having a little fun, yeah Name my heart I got a song And hey, baby, for you, I'm gonna play it all night long Let's party till the break it all, baby Son
4: How could there possibly be this many blues?
5: Hi, this is Grainne Duffy. I'm an indie blues. And you are live from the Midnight Circus.
3: Go ahead, play your blues if it'll make you happy.
9: This is Lady Adrena. I am indie blues, and you are live from the Midnight Circle. I saw you when you came, when you came.
0: That's my show for tonight. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you heard some artists that you didn't know about and enjoyed some artists that you did. And remember, all of these artists that I played on this show are out there right now, touring and creating new original music rooted in the blues. If you want to keep the blues alive, you have to support... The artists who are out there creating that new music. Because it is a living art form that is being performed every single night, somewhere in the world. So, if you get a chance, stop by our website at makingascene.org. You can find out about some great new artists and the ones that we played on this show tonight. add them to your playlist you can discover them on our website. So, till next time, this is Muhammadu. Tech! I'm out of
1: here. Baby, just gone away. Packed the left home with my friend I gone. Lost my dog, I'm alone. Just fought somebody.
12: I mean, found it funny. I got knocked in the head, man. My old friend's now lying here. Think I'm dead.
1: So I say.